Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Elliot Axelman. I just saw the video of the cop in Utah brutally attacking and arresting and detaining this nurse for not wanting to draw blood on a patient who was unresponsive without consent or a warrant or anything like that and without exigent circumstances and there was no imminent danger. So the video appeared across many, many pages on Facebook and the internet. Everyone's already putting their two cents on the topic. Most of these videos seem to have over a few million views already, overnight seemingly. So I'm glad that Detective Payne is now famous. So a lot of thoughts on this. My first thought is that it looks like the nurse called her boss and or administrator and or the hospital's lawyers. And that's what I would do. It, this is something above her pay grade. It's an issue where the detective is demanding that she draw blood on a patient without consent. She called for a supervisor. That's definitely the right step. My question is, why didn't the detective call for a supervisor, lieutenant, captain, whatever it might be? The next big issue was the Fourth Amendment. That old pesky Fourth Amendment getting in our way. I found myself in a debate this morning with an officer in a very conservative state, no doubt conservative. His profile picture on Facebook was the thin blue line. And after going back and forth, it got pretty pretty lively in the comments between a nurse, myself, and this cop. And he said, he finally commented, yeah, us officers jump through so many unnecessary hoops just to make the public comfortable with what we do. He was referring to the Fourth Amendment, clearly insinuating that he would prefer the Fourth Amendment to not exist. I responded, and I was proud of myself for staying so calm and not telling him to go kill himself. I responded, Sir, the Fourth Amendment exists to put a check on the government, to hold the government accountable, to hold their power, from to stop their power from being omnipotent. That is why it exists. If you don't remember, in 1776 or so, we had a government that was too powerful and we had to kind of put a check on that power. Now, the next big issue is when can when can an officer do something that would require a warrant, but without a warrant? If someone is in imminent danger, if someone has an obvious hostage scenario, or if someone is going to be killed within a minute, you can break into a home without a warrant to save someone's life. This person, according to the story, was not even the suspect in the car accident case or whatever. The suspect was dead. This man was just another person that might have been a witness or whatever it might be. He was also unresponsive, according to the report. And he was in a hospital bed, probably handcuffed already, or chemically restrained. It doesn't matter. He was securely in a hospital with a cop nearby. He wasn't going anywhere. And when people tell me, who I am a paramedic, so I understand what blood is, people say, he needs a blood test now because the, the whatever it is will clear his system. It'll be filtered out by the kidneys and liver. He needs a blood test now. That's true. So the nurse should draw it and hold the vials of blood and then only give it to the cop if he has wired. I have heard of some cases like this, but here's the issue. If I'm a lawyer and you put that butterfly needle into my wife without a warrant, that is assault and battery, and I will make sure your life is over if you do it without a warrant. Because if she's lying there unresponsive in a bed, it means she's not an imminent threat to murder someone. I don't care what's in her system. It could be all the cocaine in the world. I don't care if it clears her system. If you don't get a warrant, which is very easy, and you put a needle in her arm, that is big-time assault, big-time battery, right? And you take her blood, which is a whole other Fourth Amendment issue of taking something from, from their body. I, I will get a lawyer, and I will make sure you spend the rest, rest of your life in prison.
Now, here in New York City, I have been told by a lot of my friends who are NYPD officers that you can get a warrant within minutes. There are on-call judges, just like we have on-call med control as medics. You can call 24-7, get a doctor on the phone within a matter of seconds, and get your orders usually on an average of under a minute. I've been told by cops this it works the same way. If you call and you need an emergency warrant because either someone's in danger or because a substance in someone's blood will clear the system, you get a warrant, get it over the phone. That's a good enough warrant, and you get an emergency warrant, and you can draw the blood. He didn't do that. Like the nurse stated, she printed out not, – not only did she talk about the Fourth Amendment that has an issue, she printed out the agreement, seemingly, that her hospital had with the Salt Lake City Police Department. And that said that without a warrant or without – what was it? It was three things. Or without a warrant or imminent danger or, or whatever, without certain circumstances or patient consent, you can't take someone's blood. And that's why she wouldn't do it. And at that point, the cop jumps at her. And, and attacks her, and it's on video, and the other looks like police officers are standing by, and they let him. The security guard was on the phone, so he was distracted, and he hit the button to open the door for the cops, so he was aiding and abetting, as the police would say. So I have a few other takeaways from this. What if the nurse were carrying a weapon? Those of you who know me know that I do actually support the Second Amendment, unlike most people. I believe that we should all be carrying weapons, even when we go to work, because most of us spend, like, half our time at work, right? 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. If you're a medic, maybe it's 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I don't think that we should disarm ourselves for while we're working, which is half of our life. And uh, oftentimes, if you're an EMS or whatever, or if you're a nurse, when you're at work, that's the, the time that you might need a weapon the most. Like this nurse who was attacked, a criminal. He just happened to have a badge on him, but he was a criminal. He attacked her. He could have injured her. So, I'm going to get back to the Second Amendment in a second, but it's just worth thinking about. What if he had injured her? What if he had broken a finger when he jumped at her and hit her hand? Nurses do a lot of typing, a lot of IVs, a lot of Foley's, a lot of other procedures that require a finger. If you break your finger, you're out of work for months. Who would have paid for that? It would have been a lawsuit, and the taxpayers of, of Utah would have paid for that. Anyway, this is probably a Second Amendment issue as far as... I'm going to get back to the Second Amendment in a few minutes. This might be a Fifth Amendment issue. Another, actually a sheriff's deputy, one of the very few libertarian constitutional sheriff's deputies, mentioned that it's worth at least invoking the Fifth Amendment here. And I have the Constitution in front of me. One of the multiple clauses in the Fifth Amendment say, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. So one could argue that as well as testimony, as far as saying, yes, sir, I did it, I, I committed the crime, part of testimony is the evidence, which would be the blood. Blood will be evidence in this case. He can't be forced to give blood. So whether he's awake or unresponsive in the hospital due to his injuries, he can't be forced to give blood. So imagine he were awake with a warrant or even without a warrant. Either way, it's hard to say that a person can be forced to give up testimony about himself. So it might be worth raising an issue about the Fifth Amendment that I hadn't, haven't given a lot of thought to. Now, back to the Second Amendment. Most people don't know this. You, you have to really study history and look at the Federal Papers, which were the, the documentary papers written by the Founders in support of ratifying the Constitution back in the 1770s, 1780s. If you look at the Federalist Papers and, and you look at what John Adams, uh, Madison, Washington might have written, 
The Second Amendment has one purpose. It's not so you can go hunting. It's not so you can, you can carry a gun to defend yourself from robbery. The purpose of the Second Amendment is to guarantee that the citizenry have greater weapons than the government. I'm going to repeat that because 99.9% .9 of conservatives and libertarians do not know this. The point of the Second Amendment is so that the power of the people is greater than the power of the government and remains that way. Nowadays, I understand the government has nuclear bombs and they have tanks. And it's not reasonable for everyone to have a nuclear bomb, and that might not be necessary. But every single gun law, since it says shall not be infringed in the Constitution, every single gun law is unconstitutional. When liberals say, and 99.9% .9 of conservatives support, some gun laws, some being in quotes, or italics, why can't we have some gun laws, says the conservative? And you'll notice that every single conservative state besides seemingly Wyoming and maybe Alaska and Arizona, every other conservative state has gun laws. Most of them have hundreds of gun laws. Texas is conservative and has been forever, and they have hundreds, if not thousands, of gun laws. You can't even carry a weapon without a permit there. So when the Second Amendment says it shall not be infringed, if you call yourself conservative, you probably claim that you believe that it's talking about weapons when it says bear arms and not actual arms, like the limb part of your body. If you believe that, and you believe it says shall not be infringed, and you understand English, it means that it shall not be restricted by a single law. So if you claim to be conservative and support the Second Amendment, and wear those Malone Labe shirts and hats and stickers in your car, then you should recognize that every single gun law is unconstitutional and illegal. Now, I do have to mention an article that came out a few days ago, a very well-respected libertarian-leaning conservative, or formerly libertarian-leaning conservative, a very good, consistent, principled conservative who I looked up to, came out with an article praising Trump for reversing Obama's ban on military giving excess weaponry to local police. Now, as you just learned a few minutes ago, the entire point of the Second Amendment, the one reason it was written by our founders, was to ensure that the local citizenry can outpower, can overpower their police, their government, and police are government, if you think about it, and overpower the government, the central government. So this, beyond even being a violation of the Second Amendment, this new executive order that Trump seemed to reverse, it violates the Second Amendment and spits in his face and destroys it, and he might as well tear up the Constitution. Now, I was not on board with the leftists, like that, that uh, Muslim army captain's dad who waved the Constitution around at the DNC, pretending he cares about it. I'm not one of the leftists who said that Trump spits on the Constitution. I have no reason to really think so. Before today, I hadn't really thought about it, him spitting on the Constitution. I just thought he was pretty terrible and pretty inconsistent. But this, this is an issue. And what's a bigger issue is that I have yet to hear a single libertarian or conservative really stand up and say the Second Amendment was written to guarantee that we have more power than the government. And yet, every libertarian, every conservative, besides for me, has seemingly accepted that, you know, we should have some gun control. Who should decide which guns we can have and what we can't, and who should decide the restrictions? The government. We, we could trust them. What? We can trust the government 
to restrict our right to have weapons based on however they feel. Yeah, yeah, common sense gun laws. Common sense gun laws. Can't we have common sense gun laws? Maybe one, maybe one in a million people in, in the U.S. today believes that we shouldn't have common sense gun laws as determined by the government. So those are my thoughts on the issue. Please let me know in the comments, on Facebook, on the emails. Let me know how you feel about it. Let me know if there are any points to debate. I'd love to hear all your thoughts on it. Because as all the other podcasters say, the Liberty Block listeners are the smartest listeners in the world. So that's all I have for today. That was my rant. I'm pretty upset by this. And I will follow up and I'll be letting you all know what happens with this cop. I assume he won't be fired and he won't have to pay for anything. And, and this is why I wrote the article. There's an article on libertyblock.com and it's titled Six Reforms That Would Fix Police. One of the reforms is forcing police to pay all these lawsuits and damages from their own salary. This cop knows that if he would have broken her finger or arrested her or been sued for arresting her and false imprisonment, you know, that whole thing, and wrongful arrest or beating her up, he knows that he, worst case scenario, would not have to pay anything. In my article, I wrote that police should have to pay when there's a lawsuit, when they make a mistake, and that will make them not want to make mistakes anymore. It's called accountability. And you'll recognize that the word accountability is a very big theme in the show, and it's in the intro, and it's all over my website. So that's what I have for today, folks. Please let me know how you feel about it.